Broadcasting from the Unshackled Studios in Melbourne, this is Will's Front, brought to you by the Unshackled.net. Now here's Tim Wills. Hello everyone and welcome back to Wilms Front for 2024 on this Sunday the 14th of January. We are broadcasting live on the Wilms Front YouTube channel, the Wilms Front Odyssey channel, but uh, unfortunately and there's always on the first show back uh there, there can be a few uh, issues i uh, haven't been able to get rumble uh to work tonight uh, but i'll be uploading the live replay and hopefully it'll be back ready tomorrow night uh for the first uh, tim's news explosion of uh, for 2024 hope you all had a merry christmas and a happy new year it is 9 p.m here in melbourne victoria I enjoyed my interstate trip to South Australia and stay in Adelaide, even though I was on leave uh, with no shows broadcast. I was assisting our senior editor, Damien Ferry, publishing the nomination list for our annual Unshackler Awards for 2023, uh, which is a series of 10 awards to remember the good and the bad of the previous year with the winners announced on Australia Day. It's been a tradition uh, since the founding of the Unshackled since uh, 2016. Uh, Damien and I are the uh, two uh, remaining originals uh, from uh, the first Unshackled editorial team, and he's always a Wilmsfront favourite. Uh, so I thought I would invite him on to launch the program and uh, the Unshackled Productions for the year. Uh, so to announce the nominees of the Unshackler Awards, uh, Damien, welcome to Wilmsfront for the year. Thanks for having me, Tim. It should be a really exciting show. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. And this is actually the eighth, the eighth award show that um, that we actually got from 2016 now to the 2023 awards, which is the latest one. So the eighth award uh, show that's going to be uh, done, and we're going to be posting the results obviously on Australia Day as we normally do. Uh, so there's still a lot of time for people to get their votes in, and yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, so we founded the Unshackled in September 2016, which was two months before uh, Trump uh, won the 2016 presidential election. And I remember at the time we uh, it, we were all being told it's unlikely, uh, but we all remembered it, it feeling that it was just going to happen, that Trump was going to win, and he did. Yeah, I had a really good feeling about it. I mean, as soon as he came uh, as a candidate when he put his name forward and he had that speech, that infamous speech, I actually thought to myself, I, I reckon he has a really good chance of winning this, like going all the way. Uh, despite all of the polls, all of uh, the people that were doubting him, even within his own ranks, I really thought that he had what it took and he had the right uh, ideological belief that he was going for a lot of the right policies he was pushing. And he really tapped into that sentiment of uh, patriotism that was really gaining ground. It was a time where people were really being let down by elites. And 
he was the candidate to really have started it all. I mean, we really we want to go back. I mean, he wasn't the first patriotic candidate or nationalist type of candidate. Obviously, we've had someone like Pauline for now 30 years. Um, but in modern time, he definitely made a resurgence of that kind of ideological way of thinking. So after that, obviously, we had him, we had Brexit, everything one after the other just basically flowed. And there has been a resurgence of that uh, of that type of uh, ideology. Uh, though he did lose, in quotation marks, the 2020 uh, presidential election, uh, there was the black swan event of the COVID uh, pandemic. Uh, Joe Biden, who campaigned from his basement, uh, he managed to convince or con the American people that I'm going to take you back to, to normal times. Uh, though fast forward, uh, four years later, uh, Trump is not just leading in the Republican primaries, but also head to head in a rematch with Biden because, well, it's the same issue that is front and center than when Trump won in 2016, illegal immigration. Uh, and they're flooding all the, the sanctuary cities now like new york and chicago it is just basically i mean it, it's it's a full-on well you do would you call it an invasion though if like the southern border is not it is not being guarded they're just flowing over well i'm actually glad it's actually um at least affecting the, the democrat held areas now so there is a flow-on effect it's, uh, starting to get the left realising that this whole approach of open borders may not be the best thing. I mean, we have the same similar issue here that we have West Sydney, for instance, particular areas that get flooded, but then the upper class suburbs hardly get this effect. And that's why it's very easy for them to be preaching a diverse um, culture, bring people in, no borders. But the people that are in those areas that are calling the shots aren't actually getting the negative consequences from those actions. And this is the problem here. I mean, if they get a bit of a taste of their own medicine, then that's the only way they will realise that it might not be good for the country. Unfortunately, it has to actually affect them for them to realise that. And you mentioned that 2016, uh, the populist uh, upsets aligned. Uh, so, and it seems like that the stars uh, could align in, in 2024. Obviously, uh, in Australia, uh, there was uh, the well, overwhelmingly convincing uh, defeat of the Aboriginal voice referendum. And then 2023 finished off well uh, with Gert Wilders' Party of Freedom, uh, number one in the Netherlands, and Javier Millet elected elected a uh, president of Argentina. And so uh, the omens are good uh, for a 2024 Trump second term. I think it's looking good. I, I would really be surprised if the Democrats win because the last four years have been really shocking. They're, they're really, like Ron Nielsen says on the comments, imagine what Chicago and New York would look like right now. I mean, that's definitely... Uh, this is the thing. It really has to affect those areas for people to swing 
in their votes. I mean, it, it's all well to have Republican areas continuing to vote Republican, but you have to have people that are at least not on the far left, but just on the center, even slightly on the left that are a little bit more old fashioned left and not so much into the wokeness for them to see that the, the left these days don't represent what the left used to represent. And a lot of old people, especially, if you actually ask them um, if they would agree with a lot of the left's policies and didn't even mention if it was a Labor policy or a Democrat policy, for instance, they would say, no, I don't, I don't support that. But then come election time, they still vote for that because that's the workers' party that they used to vote for, you know, 50 years ago. And this is the problem when you have that kind of um, that uh, mentality. A lot of it is even um, transferred from generation to generation. And people have to really start thinking for themselves and seeing, okay, what are these people believing in? What are they preaching? Not just so much what they say they stand for, but what's actually happening on the ground. Because, I mean, what have the Democrats in America done for working class and poor people? I mean, there's more and more poor people in America than there ever was before. Um, you see people in 10 cities over there, and we might not have that kind of effect here in Australia as of yet, luckily, but I mean, we're still doing it tough here with the inflation challenges. We've got uh, economic policies that definitely aren't suiting the majority of Australians. And there's going to come a point where people have to say, maybe something needs to change here because voting the same way hasn't helped me. And if I don't change something or try to, to do something about it, then it's going to be more of the same instead of at least attempting to make something better. And that's the challenges that we're going to have in 2024. How far do people have to fall for them to attempt to try and change their ways and maybe vote for another party they've never voted before. Because a lot of people are saying, well, people in Australia especially, they're not broke yet. There's still too much money around. People are still in this mentality of, well, I'm doing it tough, but I'm not doing it that tough. So how far, and everybody has their threshold, how far is it that people are gonna go? until they reach that threshold of, okay, I'm really in deep now. Something has to change. I don't no longer support the way the governments are, are doing things and something needs to happen. So everyone has their threshold and it's just a matter of time that people keep falling as times get tougher. Yes, a like real GDP, like GDP per per person has declined. It's only inflated inflated because of mass immigration, which is the, the point of of the, the leaders to, to cover up that we're getting poorer actually in a per capita recession uh, through the mass immigration Ponzi scheme. Now we've got a our our audience has uh, trickled in. Uh, YouTube still plays uh, tricks where it doesn't notify uh, people properly uh, that uh, we're live. Uh, so make sure that uh, double check on the Wilmsfront channels if you've clicked the bell to, to allow for notifications. Uh, shout out to our regulars, Wolfman's Blunt Razor, Paleoconservative Australian, uh, Ron Nielsen, 
uh, Dawn Browning. Good to see you all there. Now, let's go back to, well, the, the year before, 2022. It was the first year where, well, I've, we weren't locked down. Uh, you're in Wollongong, uh, so you uh, were locked down along with Sydney in 2021. Uh, but uh, we, will go, we will go through uh, the winners uh, from the 2022 Unshackler Awards. And so the regressive of the year, uh, I, I can't uh, can't recall how many times he's, he's, he's won, uh, uh, Dan Andrews. <laughs> now, thankfully, former Premier of Victoria. It was the best thing to happen to Victoria last year, the resignation of Dan Andrews. I mean, we all... <sighs> We, we, we all uh, both celebrated and breathed a sigh of relief. Is the option you have now any better, though, Tim? Um. Well, Jacinta Allen. Uh, let me put it bluntly. Uh, <laughs> she's uh, she's not a cunt like Dan Andrews was. Like, remember his COVID press conferences? You know, his menacing, threatening, hectoring. I mean, he was he was called Dictator Dan for a reason. I mean, Jacinta Allen, she does have a a, a lot more friendly and feminine uh, demeanor because uh, uh, she does uh, identify as the second female premier of Victoria. Uh, so yes, even though she's from Dan's socialist left faction, uh, she's a lot more bearable than Dan. Okay, maybe slightly an improvement, I suppose. I mean, ideologically, there's not much of a change there, it seems. Uh, so the winner of the 2022 uh, Australian Unshackler of the Year was uh, Harrison McLean, who is the organiser of Melbourne Freedom Rally. Uh, this Now, these were, are these uh, awards, like uh, where, where it's for, the, the, the best best people of the year there's a bit of competition uh between a uh, because it's to reward those in the freedom uh movement and a lot of people believe that harrison had rigged it that year well i mean at the end of the day when it comes to these awards if you have a lot of supporters getting on board and, and doing the votes then it can appear that, that way but i can say with confidence that we on our side never rig the votes we make sure that it's fair and we give everybody the option of voting sometimes an, a candidate a nominee can tell their supporters to vote for them and that's why you get an influx of votes coming in for that particular candidate whereas the others might not so it can look very skewed at times but it's definitely fair and it, it definitely doesn't do us any uh any good um showcasing a result like that so if i was rigging it or if tim was rigging it we would make sure that the votes were a lot closer so then it looked less rigged so we definitely aren't reading the votes and we make sure that everyone has the chance to vote and uh get their votes in so it's up to you guys uh so the international unshackler uh so this is a uh, uh, freedom uh, patriotic uh, politicians 
and international uh, figures. So on the on the international stage, it was won by Pauline Hansen, who is nominated again this year. Harrison and Dan Andrews aren't nominated for their respective categories. And of course, uh, Pauline uh, was obviously important uh in 2022 uh being because uh, you remember at the beginning of 2022 uh all of those protests in canberra thousands of thousands of uh, of uh, people protesting uh to end all of the the vax mandates there's still amazingly some here in victoria in, uh, but uh she was an important voice in the senate so was her uh colleague uh, malcolm roberts and also uh alex antic and jared rennick and uh, matt canavan yeah there is a lot of good uh nominees putting their names forward and we've had a lot of good ones in the past as well so uh it gives everybody, and we make sure that everyone has an option there. And we, we pick a, a range of candidates, all differing in their personalities and their and their positions. So that way it gives people a clear choice as to who they might want to back. Uh, the International Cuck of the Year Award uh, was won by former Prime Minister Kevin Rudd, now Australia's ambassador to the... United States. And uh, before he took up the ambassador's uh, job, he was uh, co-chair with Malcolm Turnbull of uh, Australians for a Murdoch Royal Commission. Kevin Rudd, definitely someone that's always in the category nominee and someone that really performs well in that category. I, I think him along with Turnbull, like you're saying, I mean, they're really just the worst types of people, real parasite kind of mentalities, um, globalist, elitist uh, mentalities, and some people that really can't look at the ordinary Australian and have a clue what anybody's going through. I mean, they're just in their own bubble. Uh, the uh, cis white male of the year for 2022 was uh, Barclay McGain a young uh, Queensland uh, LNP member, uh, though they, well, I think he's actually been kicked out now uh, because, well, he's, he's too based. I mean, uh, he uh, initially uh, got viral back in, I think it was December 2019 when he was interviewing his mate uh, Jake Scott at schoolies and he said that uh, our, uh, our, our our sports players they should be uh stand for our national anthem uh, and celebrate our culture not one that couldn't uh, invent the the bloody wheel and uh, he worked uh, in the office of uh, uh former well now former federal uh, mp uh, andrew lamming who well, was uh, forced to uh quit uh, politics after uh, those uh, def that defamatory accusations that he upskirted a, a woman. And uh, Barclay also dressed up in, I think it was Halloween 2022, as uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, which was absolutely based as. He's absolutely hated uh, by uh, the left uh, because to them he epitomises uh, uh, 
white privileged Tory youth? Well, it, he's definitely not going to be the last person to get booted out of the LNP, that's for sure. It, it seems to be a pattern that we're seeing more and more often. And I think the more and more that people think that the LNP can be saved and that they can be easily infiltrated within something that has been tried for so many years now, the more and more it seems like it's not going to work. It's not, not a possibility that, that anything good can eventuate from it because as soon as you have an idea or or a method of, of maybe putting something forward, the people in charge there already notice you and they're already one step ahead of you. That's just how the way that the system works high up in these parties. They know everybody that's coming in and they'll do their background checks. They'll make sure that there's nothing there that determines you being anything really um, right of centre or right of of centre-right is definitely a no-no. They're not going to allow it. So unless something drastically changes and some of the leaders in the party grow some balls, I don't think anything really in the near future is going to change. And I think the best people that that you could really find is minor parties. I mean, unfortunately, they're not getting high enough votes, but there really isn't any other option at this stage. Uh, the triggered feminist for 2022 was, again, uh, Clementine Ford. Uh, she was back this year with a new book about saying no uh, to marriage, uh, which <laughs> I guess she just wrote that to sort of get a bit of publicity. I mean, uh, though she she was she was the original uh, what you call fright bat feminist. I think that was a term that was invented by uh, Tim Blair. Uh, but uh, remember uh, back in the day, she used to tweet things like kill all men, but then just say, oh, you know, it's a joke troll for shock value. I've actually been through the shops and have seen the book while passing the book section. And when I saw it, I actually thought to myself, it's really strange coming from her to push such a view because these days it could be argued that really when it comes to marriage women benefit a lot more than men from it so i think a lot of men would actually think the same thing i mean not that they're not they're against it when it comes to the concept of marriage but just in reality it just seems to be more and more harder for men and it seems to be more of a benefit for women these days uh, so the Australian Culture Warrior of the Year was Drew Pavlou. And again, this was a controversial win because he was like way out ahead. He's not nominated this year because he's, well, it, it seems he's not an Australian Culture Warrior anymore. He's an inter, in, in, internationalist activist and unfortunately for lots and lots of war. Well, yeah, that's definitely something that on the freedom movement is uh, clearly against. We're seeing them being really at the forefront against uh, the wars overseas in Europe and the Middle East. So that's a no-go and it's something that we shouldn't be getting behind. We really need to focus on our country and ignore anything that has happening overseas. Although... It was initially uh, respected by, well, he's a lefty, but respected by uh, a lot of people on the right, including myself, uh, because of his anti-CCP 
activism is and because so much of the the left now they're just apologists for authoritarian communist regimes i like i the the ccp who run uh the people's republic of china yeah you do still get a segment of the left that are against for instance china but normally they're against them for the wrong reasons and i mean this this is something that really showcases the divide of the left and the right sometimes we can have the same views as someone of the left but it's for the wrong reasons and the differing reasons there that we do have those views so i mean it's one of those things that it can be a it's a 50 50 chance if someone supports china or not and i mean you either support them or you don't support them if you're not going to support them at least support them for the don't support them for the right reasons so that's that's how i would say it and uh, the degenerate of the year uh well it was a deserving winner uh joffa korf uh, who is the former head of the collingwood uh football club cheer squad uh, in 2022 he pled guilty uh to uh sexually molesting a teenage boy uh but because he pled guilty and got character references he avoided jail he was accused of uh sexually uh, molesting another uh, teenage boy who he met uh when he worked on an lgbt community switchboard but there hasn't been court uh, court proceedings on that and it's just typical of judicial systems not just in australia at the west they they let uh, these uh sex offenders uh, w- without a day in jail uh, yet they lock up patriots uh, for years on end and we've seen it so often as well i mean people showcase a, a different view that is um considered to be somehow an extremist statement people get put in jail and then sex offenders get off the hook it's a disgrace and something really needs to change but the system is flawed unfortunately and uh, the international media personality of the year uh, was won by tucker carlson he was still at fox in in 2022 uh, i uh, hardly watch any fox anymore uh, i i though it's a uh, put to the top of the the youtube algorithm uh, but i certainly watch uh, tucker's uh on x a uh, interviews uh regularly and of course he's founded the tucker carlson network uh so it's certainly been fox's loss it has and it just goes to show that a lot of people say well it's all about the money for these companies and it really isn't because if it was all about the money they would have kept him so there's definitely other alternate agendas at play here. And the more and more deep you look into it, the more you'll learn and realize that it's not a money motivated thing. As soon as um, you really get to the core, it's ideological. That's what it's based on. And the fake news award uh, for uh, 2022 was the Daily Mail, uh, which of course, uh, particularly during COVID uh, had horrendous clickbait wanting uh people to be scared of the latest variant like there's another new variant this year jn1 which is actually even more mild than super mild omicron uh so they were they were a shocker uh during covid the the, the 
the lockdowns. And, and they we're all as bad as each other when it comes to media, really. I mean, there was no, um, no one. I mean, and a lot of people do cite Sky, but I mean, even them, they were really, it took them a long time for them to start to call out the COVID nonsense. I mean, straight away at the bat, right at the start, they were pretty much full into it as well. I mean, just in a more mild fashion. And so anyone that really rattles on about how good Sky is, I really get them to really think twice about Sky. I mean, it's like that controlled opposition that really isn't your friend. So. All right. So that was last year. Uh, now, the a few of the category award categories have changed over the years. So uh, we did have one of our uh, first awards for many years up until 2020 was the Australian Patriot of the Year Award, uh, which we retired because at that stage, the Patriot movement had, uh, well, they'd largely been purged uh, from uh, social social media. And in 2020, uh, it was the birth of the, the Freedom Activists. So it's why we launched the Australia Unshackler Award. I noticed that uh, Palo uh, Conservative uh, Australian asked uh, why uh, Thomas Sewell uh, wasn't nominated in the Australian Unshackler category. Uh, he he did he was uh, nominated as uh, an uh, for the Australian Patriot Award. I'd like to hear people's uh, comments in the chat whether uh, maybe next year they'd like to see that award uh, resurrected. Yeah, hopefully we're going to be able to see a little bit more of a resurgence. I mean, for many years, ever since COVID, there really was a shift in activism. And that shift was from a, a nationalist front to a more freedom-focused, anti-lockdown, anti-COVID. And they were the new voice and the people that were really in the, in the forefront on the media, really preaching it and so forth. And I mean, you still have your nationalists on Telegram and other uh, on Gab. There still are people talking, but they're a little bit less um, in the public, in the public eye. And of course, that is for good reason, because there's a lot of them that have had so much trouble. I mean, there's been people that have had their bank accounts shut down. There's people that have gone to jail uh, based on their ideology. A lot of people are saying that expressions have led to now uh, years behind bars due to new hate speech laws. So there is a reason why those people are becoming a little bit more underground and not so much in the public sphere because they're starting to think, well, we really, if we go out in public and we're, and we're doing what we're doing, not that they're not because they still are at certain times in particular in Melbourne, but all that can lead to is them getting shut down, whereas it might be a better opportunity for them to on the ground start talking, going underground, bringing people in, preaching, in a way that isn't so forefront in the public domain and that way at least they don't have a chance of getting remotely in behind bars at least now anyway because laws can change again so as soon as they come with well it's not so much what you're saying now it's it's forts laws you know if you're thinking something you're automatically going to be behind bars so i mean i really understand why it happened that way and i think people will start to be able to catch on and and preach that sentiment in the community. And I think it's something that just has to start small, slowly build up again. And for the right moment to happen, 
happens when all of a sudden, just like with COVID being the anti-lockdown fury and getting people that weren't activists all of a sudden on the streets protesting and so forth, it just takes the right event to happen for that sentiment to come back and all of a sudden you'll get nationalists parading in the streets, protesting and stuff. It's just waiting on the right moment. And it will happen eventually because the elites are really, um, they're really cocky. They're really cocky and they think they can get away with anything. So as harder as they want to go on the left, then all of that does is really bring a hard right contingent up and because something has to counter and balance it. So that's something that we will probably see in the next few years. Well, we've just seen uh, come into effect on January 8th, uh, the uh, the new uh, hate symbols and uh, anti-terror legislation, which bans uh, the posting of symbols, including on online of listed terror organizations and Nazi symbols and gestures. Uh, so that's one year in prison uh, if you, and the only defense is if you're a professional uh, journalist uh, for academic, uh, artistic or educational purposes, or if it's in opposition uh, to those to the ideology or organization and it's five years in in prison for possessing violent extremist material which it's a really broad category and i'll get on uh, i'll go into this more detail tomorrow night on tim's news explosion uh but uh, and that was passed bipartisan and so it's it's going to be a it's dark times in australia for free speech uh, and because if the state doesn't like you well they can lock you up for a long time now it's really scary i mean i think this and i mean digital id is also another thing that would be among the two scary things that we're going into on free speech yeah i mean on free speech though i mean yeah okay so these sort of um groups are terrorist organizations who's determining that I mean, is there any but is there any really proof or solid evidence that they've committed any terrorist attacks? No. I mean, yeah, okay, they've got views that uh, are not with the mainstream. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when you've got people like the ADL calling shots, I mean, of course you're going to get people um, that are nationalist sentiments as branded as terrorists. But, I mean, communists are untouched. I mean, Antifa are untouched. No, they're not, they're not extremists. They're fine. They're particularly fine. So, again, I mean... We really, when you get both parties, both major parties agreeing to these things, all that does is really see that they're working for the same boss. And that's what's really difficult for people to understand. They're really given this false sense of democracy that we've actually got a choice. And we really don't because both parties are just as bad as each other. One might be slightly worse than the other, but ultimately getting called the same shots, listening to the same orders, and it's restricting our freedom of expression, our thoughts, our opinions. And anybody that questions them ultimately is going to get branded as an extremist. So it's going to be very hard times ahead. Uh, other former awards we did have were the best policies of the year and the worst policies of the year, but that didn't really work. And that's why we introduced the culture warrior and uh, degenerate of the year so and obviously we'll get to this year's nominees but culture warrior that's for those who well 
basically against uh, the groomers is the the way to to summarize it that degenerates uh, can uh, be uh, uh, is heaps of different uh, degenerates now who, uh, who who sadly pervade our society. They can uh, go, uh, range from outright uh, sex offenders and pedophiles uh, to uh, groomers and just uh, disgusting uh, people who pervade our uh, media landscape. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people in the forefront that are against woke nonsense, and that's really what the award is presenting people that are really going after the ideological, um, the the things that used to be not normal that is not considered the norm. So, I mean, there's a lot of those, and there's a lot of degenerates as well, as you said too. So, um, it, it's definitely going to be um, good going through all the new lists. All right. Well, let's get started. Uh, so. The nominees uh, for the 2023 Australian Regressive of the Year Award are uh, the new Premier of Victoria, uh, Jacinta Allen. Uh, she does have a nickname. Uh, it's Socialist Barbie, given that, uh, well, <laughs> she, she kind of does have that, uh, that uh, Barbie doll look. Uh, her new uh, Deputy Premier, uh, ben Carroll is nicknamed Ken, uh, since like in the Barbie movie, he managed to, to hitch a ride to be the deputy premier. Yeah, maybe two years uh, ago she might have been more Barbie, but. <laughs> uh, so, and uh, the uh, the nominations closed before Anastasia Palachuk, uh, which is what we're told by uh, uh, Polish Australians is the actual pronunciation of her name in Polish, Palachuk. But she told she's been telling us for years that it's Palachie. Uh She was known as uh, the Chuk uh, <laughs> during uh, the the COVID lockdowns because, well, she's got basically a chucky neck. I mean, look at that; it's like a like a like a <laughs> like a chicken's <laughs> neck there. Uh, so she uh, resigned. I, in December because, well, uh, she was tapped on the shoulder by the unions who uh, told her she was going to lose and you should resign, and they installed their man, Stephen Miles, in a replacement. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, um, all of the, the COVID uh, heavyweight premiers now are gone. Um, how convenient. But they've made their money and they're off to the private sector, I suppose. And of course, uh, Anthony Albanese, I mean, he starts the year. Uh, he's actually behind in, uh, it was that the Roy Morgan poll had him behind. Freshwater today was 50-50. Uh, and well, uh, he didn't make, he hasn't made uh, electricity bills cheaper by $275. They just keep keep going up. I mean, none of us have noticed, <laughs> have noticed our mm. bills increasing and of course he uh wasted pretty much most of last year uh pushing the voice referendum remember he always said it's very gracious and modest request yeah I, I mean i don't really see him winning a second term at this stage i think it's going to be very difficult given what he's done and the damage is created so time will tell but like i said before i mean unfortunately the liberal party aren't really the best of options anyway so 
it's it's going to be the, the the least worst and uh linda burney the indigenous australians minister i mean uh she was a a big asset to the no side given that she couldn't make an argument unless it was written down on paper for her yeah she was terrible i mean they actually put her in hiding many times um they had to when they done that big debate show that uh, jacinta price actually won um she was supposed to be the spokesman on the yes side and she refused to go on and they replaced her with um the northern territory senator so um you, you could tell straight away she has no clue and she's been given such an important role unfortunately uh within the ministry so it's, it's just really sad and roger cook a the new uh premier of western australia after mark mcgowan resigned because he said he was tired uh he's not so tired that he can be on mining uh company uh executive positions and of course uh roger cook uh, he uh did uh the yes campaign uh almost well you could say irreversible damage by those aboriginal cultural heritage laws where you basically if you like to to uh, for farmers or uh, farmers to to make any modifications to the ground they had to consult a some aboriginal heritage consultant it was a it, it was going to be a huge racket uh so, so they could uh, to get their permission uh to modify their property and well to his credit roger cook he eventually tore the laws up and apologized uh for the hurt and confusion they caused which has basically saved his premiership because uh, Labor's back ahead in the polls, and uh, uh, the WA Liberals, they're still uh, mediocre. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, if there's not a real opposition, then people are just going to vote, vote for the duds that are currently in. That, that's what normally happens. And those laws there are very dangerous, and that's what we we're going to get more of if the voice did end up getting up. So. I, uh, so uh, Cook, uh, Bernie, and uh, Alan, uh, a new fresh nominees and so is uh Devere Abramovich who is a the chair of the Australian Anti-Defamation Commission and is uh responsible uh, f uh for all of these uh the, these uh bans uh restrictions on free speech I mean he takes credit uh for uh the banning of the Nazi uh symbols and gestures which like how can like for, like with the the banning of the nazi salute the signs at the the bus and and tram stops still say hail bus with the hand up i mean this is the absurdity <laughs> of them and he's also championed uh the the banning uh of the trading of nazi memorabilia it's interesting that i there was no such laws in australia uh uh, for for 78 years after the end of the second world war yet australia didn't become a nazi state well that's right i mean at the end of the day it's people like these that are, are making people go towards a, a harder philosophy because they're driven that way i mean devere like the panel are saying a lot of the commenters are saying is definitely the worst on the list in my opinion i think he's a disgrace i think He's really 
a lot of the the big cause of the problems that we're having in society here where we're um, getting restricted on what we can say, what we can do. And at the end of the day, a free society, I mean. Because the new federal uh, Nazi uh, salute ban covers the internet. And I'm somebody who uses my hands quite a bit. I've got to make sure that I don't raise them at all. Uh, so in case one of the, uh, the unshackled's enemies decided decides to screenshot a, a screenshot uh something where my where one of my arms is uh up up in the air well i've seen it many times with political leaders for instance that have just waved but their arms actually look like they're doing a salute yeah, yeah. So if, you take, if you take the photo yeah Oh, yeah, that yeah, it can it can look like. And I remember that a patriot was uh, smeared back in 2019 at uh, the rally against uh, crime at St Kilda Beach. Uh, they accused him of doing the Nazi salute uh, when he was just uh, waving to the Antifa counter protesters, saying "Go away." And then there was uh, they accused a guy of being a Nazi uh, when he uh, did the the Basil Fawlty uh, mustache and walk. Mm. Now that's still okay. Basil Fawlty still okay because it's uh, artistic and <laughs> and that episode the Germans. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not pro Nazi. It's not even pro uh, German. I mean, he constantly <laughs> is upsetting the Germans by uh, <laughs> mentioning the war. Yeah, I actually just reading through the comments, someone made a really good point. And they mentioned how the dynamic of the left and turning onto the, the Zionist, um, that, that dynamic there is just so fun to watch, actually. I, I really, I've just been enjoying that because these people that are controlling and, and pushing these leftist agendas in the West, and then all of a sudden now they're having those same people basically go against their, uh, their Zionist agenda. So I think it's just, it's just great that things can get turned that way. Uh, Lydia Thorpe, uh, she uh, started the year by quitting the Greens because she wanted to be a progressive no to the voice. Uh, she was uh, filmed outside a strip club at two in the morning, uh, calling a man a a, a white little uh, cunt and said he had a small penis. And remember, she uh, tried to block that float at the, the Mardi Gras. And then, of course, was her, remember that press conference where uh, she had a meltdown after a, mm. somebody uh, made a, a video, a, 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 a video uh, calling themselves, uh, uh, calling themselves, uh, 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 saying they were from uh, the Warriors of the Convict Resistance, uh, and mentioned her name, and then uh, finished uh, the video by burning the Aboriginal flag and doing the Nazi salute. And she had that press conference where she accused Albanese of wanting uh, fascists uh, to go and get her. <laughs> accuse him of inspiring that video yeah she she's definitely got some mental issues i mean there's no doubt about it i think she needs a lot of help so but ultimately she's a clear example she's a clear example of what the elites want the ordinary australian to be they all want people like her just absolute brain dead self-eating i mean she's the the candidate 
of of what they want all the people to be like basically and she's also got daddy issues uh andrew bolt interviewed mm. her father roy illingsworth so she doesn't use his name uh that's because a the a thorpe uh like is a mother's name uh, and that's the aboriginal side roy illingsworth is he has uh uh british celtic ancestry to from uh my knowledge and uh, so that would obviously play uh, a lot you know into uh explains a bit about her behavior well yeah i mean when people are uh partly aboriginal and partly white and yet they always associate themselves with the aboriginal side of things but then they say that the white people are the ones with the privilege well it doesn't really come across that way a Thomas Mayo, who wrote, co-wrote uh, the uh, the the Voice uh, to Parliament uh, book. Uh, he co-wrote it with Kerry O'Brien, the former ABC Seven Thirty report host. And uh, now he uh, identifies as a Torres Strait Islander. Though a lot of people have been uh, like looking at his ancestry, and yes, he was he. He is indigenous to the Torres Strait Islands because he was born there. And it's like we're all indigenous to where we were born. Uh, so he is, well, uh, that uh, it's disputed that he is actually of Melanesian Torres Strait Islander uh, descent. So he's got a mix of that uh, Filipino, uh, Jewish, all sorts of different uh, uh, different uh, 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 ancestries there. Um, but yes, uh, mm. ma um, my, maybe not, maybe not uh, Torres Strait Islander Melanesian. Yeah, not only that, not only was he not not so correct about his origins, but. Uh, he also was in praise of the Communist Party of Australia. And, and I mean, normally, if someone was on the right and they backed someone that was, um, say, pro-national socialist, pro-fascism, whatever, I mean, that would have been an automatically lose your job, finish, that's it. But not a mention in the media, nothing about his communist roots. It's just crazy that people like Albanese and everyone else could back him and get away with it. Uh, Professor Marcia Langton, again, another yes advocate who sunk the campaign uh, when that audio leaked of her uh, calling Australia a horrible racist nation, said that uh, the no campaign was spewing racism. And then, yeah, that's a, another one. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Tan Grant, sorry, Stan Grant, who quit as ABC Q&A uh, host, uh, he said uh, because of uh, all of the racist trolling. And, I mean, it's not racist to uh, ask questions about how his uh, skin managed to darken after, you know, like, he's been in the media for 30 years and certainly... He had a much lighter skin uh, 30, 30 years ago. And a few people noticed uh, uh, that uh, he uh, uh, that uh, he didn't do up his top button one night on Q&A and, uh, mm. and uh, that was white. 
his uh, chest. So he must be getting too many fake tans then. <laughs> All right, let's let, let's go through a the next ones. We'll try to speed this up. Uh, a bit otherwise so we could go all night by talking about uh, the worthy and unworthiness of the of the 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 nominees uh so a uh, the 2023 australian unshackler of the year uh so uh real rukshan or now just goes by his uh his actual name rukshan fernando uh senator ralph barbett of the a United Australia Party Senator for Victoria, uh, the Aussie Cossack Simeon Boykoff, uh, Maria Z of Z Media, uh, economist John Adams of the Adams North Report on YouTube, uh, Darren uh, uh, Bergworth, who is the founder of uh, the Freedom Community My Place, uh, Nick Patterson. Uh, who is the founder of the Australian Peacemakers and is still uh, being persecuted by uh, Victoria Police, uh, accused of assaulting assaulting officers when he was trying to defend his friend during a lockdown protest in May 2021, uh, when they just uh, decided at the end to chase and attack him. So it's been going on for almost uh, three years now, uh, this case. Uh, Tricky Tritty, uh, who is the founder of the Brisbane-based The People's Revolution, and and also we have uh, two elected uh, libertarian MLCs, uh, formerly the Liberal Democrats. Uh, so uh, John Ruddick, a New South Wales MLC for the Libertarian Party, a ex a Liberal Party, and uh, David Limbrick, who has uh, been a Victorian MLC since uh, 2014, and really found his uh, hit his stride in uh, on terms of uh, well, well, COVID. Uh, certainly, uh, one of the silver linings is that uh, uh, it allowed it it. it it's, allowed it made a lot of turned a lot of people into libertarians given that given that there was authoritarianism everywhere uh so the liberal democrats now libertarian party experienced a, a massive surge and also david limbrick uh he's uh or he and john ruddick uh uh have been outspoken on uh, the gender uh transitions uh for minors that are being done in many cases without parental consent yeah, they've done some good work and they've also been really critical of the Aboriginal cultural heritage laws as well, which really is just a code word of erasing private property. So, I mean, things like that is where a lot of people can get behind and the libertarians fighting on those particular issues rather than on the lefty woke stuff that some in the party might like to steer towards. Focusing on the, the right wing aspects is definitely a hit and I think it's gained them a lot of a good following. And uh, the obviously uh, the freedom rallies they haven't been as prominent uh, this year, uh, but certainly on cultural issues, Ralph Babette uh, he has been excellent. Uh, Rukshan is still filming out on the out on the the street. A a Simeon Boykov he's been held up at the Russian consulate because he's wanted for allegedly pushing over this elderly 
uh, Ukrainian uh, man. Uh, interesting that he has had the, well, a, a, you could call it a fallout with Avi Yemeni over a Aussie Cossack having Syrian girl on uh, his live streams. And I mean, again, like it really just goes to show people that are, are supportive of freedom and who isn't. I mean, so anyone that has a problem with that and then goes out and, and tries to uh, character assassinate them. I mean, it really shows their true agenda. I mean, we've got another few people on that list. I mean, Maria Z has been great and has definitely uh, had a lot of good... Uh, she's been on the Stu Peters show, for instance. Uh, really digs deep on, on issues that you'd never hear anywhere else. So really important stuff there. And I mean, uh, John Adams, I've actually met him personally and he's he's quite a good guy and he's uh, done a lot of work against uh, ASIC and a lot of the corruption that he believes is taking place there. So... Uh, a really good overall list there, and um, yeah. It's hard to believe that uh, he once worked for Arthur Zinedinus, I mean, uh, one of the mm. uh, most lefty uh, liberal politicians, uh, but I, I guess we can uh, conclude why uh, he didn't last long in the, the, the liberal advisory circuit. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, everybody starts somewhere. So, I mean, we have to forgive sometimes people's past there. But, I mean, as they get older, they start to care a lot less following the the, the mainstream and they just want to... I mean, people have their, have their threshold. So, at the end of the day, people could tag the line so much. But then when they get to a certain age, they're just not going to care anymore. And they're just going to say, well, this is what I believe and I just don't care on my um, consequences whether it comes to jobs. Um, opportunities in the future. So even though when you're younger, it might affect people a little bit more, but if you're stable, financially stable, and you've got things going for you, then you're not really beholden to have to sell out at least um, to these organisations and these corrupt companies and, and the agendas because you can say whatever you like without feeling consequence. You're not going to worry about someone uh, firing you from your job and so forth. So best to keep in um, mind on the game, make sure that you personally and your family can get in a position where you're de you're uh, independent and not dependent so much on the system. And then you can be a lot freer in many ways. And then no matter what you do and what you say, it's not going to be able to hurt you and affect you just as much. I mean, even with the COVID vaccines, for instance, a lot of people were worried about losing their jobs. If people were financially secure, then they wouldn't have had to have worried. They could quit their jobs and say, well, yeah, you know, I don't have to have that job. I can last a few months without work. But many people were in that state, and that's what made it hard. So the best thing you can do is get into a position, you and your family, that is less dependent on the state and more free or independent and be able to become self-sufficient. And a first first time nominee, uh, Darren uh, Darren Bergwolf. Uh, so my place, uh, it's it, it's it started in Frankston, uh, which is near where I live, uh, down on the near the Mornington Peninsula, and which will I uh, Peter Dutton and Anthony Albanese will be visiting quite a bit with the Dunkley by election coming out. Uh, but it spread branches all across Australia. And you know that uh, he's making an impact uh, when there's all these mainstream media hit pieces uh, uh, to, you know, uh, saying that they're intimidating local councillors 
at uh, council meetings or when they're planning to run uh, for local council in Victoria uh, this year, shock the horror, uh, seeking uh, to make a difference through democracy. I mean, sometimes council is where to start as well, because a lot of the, the wokey stuff happens on a local level. And if you can yeah. get in there on a local level, you can start to change culture. I mean, it really matters. I mean, um, yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, let's move on to the International Unshackler of the, the Year Award. Uh, so uh, we do have, a, obviously, uh, perennial nominees and winners, such as uh, Pauline Hanson and Donald Trump. Uh, first night, first time nominee, Winston Peters, a leader of the New Zealand First Party and current Deputy Prime Minister of New Zealand. He, uh, so uh, the, the new New Zealand coalition of the National Party, led by Prime Minister Chris Luxon, uh, also with uh, New Zealand First and the Libertarian Act Party under David Seymour, it is uh, it is uh, basically uh, reversing all of Jacinta Ardern's uh, lefty uh, progressive socialist policies, and uh, New Zealand uh, New Zealand is well, it's becoming based. I mean, I'm thinking of moving there. Yeah, well, I mean, a change of government changes the country, as we know, and hopefully they continue being based and don't result to what the Liberal Party have become over here. Uh, RFK uh, Jr. Uh, so obviously, certainly, uh, most uh, ran, uh, first tried to run for the Democrat nominee, now running for independent. Uh, so he is uh, most well-known now for his opposition to uh, Big Pharma. And also, well, uh, we'll say uh, uh, other uh, talking about other things you're not supposed to talk about, such as AstraZeneca and the water uh, that can uh, turn frogs gay. Yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with RFK as a third party nominee. And I mean, I've actually seen that there have been polls that have put him at around 20%, which is quite amazing. I mean, we haven't seen those levels since the 90s uh, when an independent done quite well then. So it, it, it is really going to be a good dynamic there. I mean, it's hard to say how the votes are going to go if it takes more from the right or the left. I mean, it's a bit of a balance there. I think he has support from both sides. So I don't think it's going to really um, hurt either candidate of Trump or Biden. So it'll be interesting to see how well he does. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, who is running for the Republican nomination and uh, has he, he has certainly uh, smoked the others in the uh, debates. Uh, he spoke about January 6th being an inside job. Uh, we weren't tr told the truth about 9-11. The great replacement is real. I mean, he's, you know, uh, walking proof of the great uh, replacement. Yeah, yeah, true. And I mean, this is something that we sometimes see where um, a non-white person seems to be a little bit more outspoken and, and based than the, the white people are. I mean, it's sad. It really is sad. But ultimately, um, we're in a position where sometimes white people feel uh, that they'll be attacked if they come out and be outspoken, whereas people from a different background feel they have a little bit more sway, they could get away with a lot more. So 
ultimately it's it's good to have uh, people like him around. I mean, uh, he's he's doing a very good job in the Republican uh, Party um, against the candidates and pushing the right views. And it's just a shame that there's not many more people like that out there. That um, and, and that people are too afraid and that they're, they're just pushing the elite kind of argument. I mean, all the other candidates going for the Republicans are really globalist candidates. So, I mean, it's just un unfortunate. Uh, Victor Orban, uh, the pro-family nationalist uh, prime minister of Hungary. Uh, he is a perennial nominee as well. Uh, First-time nominee, Javier Millet, uh, the uh, libertarian anarcho-capitalist president of Argentina. And now I know uh, that there's a lot in uh, the dissident right who I uh, don't like him, but I think he's doing an outstanding uh, job uh, making Argentina great again, and the economy is already picking up. Yeah, I mean, both candidates are really well, and I mean, the Hungarian Viktor Orban, I mean, he's, he's seen as probably uh, the most based, I would say, um, or one of in Europe. I mean, he's done a, a really good job especially on social issues there. So, yeah. Uh, Gert Wilders, of, uh, who well, we mentioned at the beginning, the, the Dutch uh, election uh, result, he is Party for Freedom winning the, the most votes. Uh, he's been in parliament for 20 plus years, uh, critical of mass immigration and uh, the Islamization of the Netherlands and wider Europe. Uh, Elon Musk, uh, the owner of uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, who has really, I think, saved free speech online, uh, which is why the governments are now passing laws against free speech, and uh, Brexit champion and uh, Reform Party president Nigel Farage, who took on uh, the uh, debanking uh, the big banks this year and got the scalp of the uh, Colts uh, bank uh, CEO who uh, shut down his uh, bank account and uh, he might not be a candidate for the Reform Party at uh, the general election coming up this year, uh, but uh, reform will certainly stand. Yeah, well, true. I mean, these, these candidates have all done their part and it will be interesting to see who wins the award. All right, let's let's keep going through these. Uh, so, uh, the International Cuck of the Year Award, and so again, there's uh, a few uh, perennial nominees. Uh, so, Joe Biden, Emmanuel Macron, uh, Justin Trudeau. Uh, so, uh, I should say Emmanuel Macron, President of France, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, uh, who I think has uh, won this the most. Prince Harry, uh, or should I say Harry Mountbatten uh, Windsor, Kevin Rudd, uh, Vladimir Zelensky, and we've got uh, a few uh, a few first-time nominees. Uh, so the state uh, Victorian Liberal leader John Pesciuto, the New South Wales state Liberal leader Mark Speakman, uh, the Federal Energy Minister Chris Bowen, and the now former governor of the Reserve Bank, Philip Lowe. 
Yeah, there's a lot of nominees there that are worthy of the award. As you said, Justin Trudeau has been the outstanding performer of the award. He's won uh, most of them, except for, I think, once or twice, but he's won the most. Um, Philip Lowe, I mean, he really is up there as well for um, the disaster that he's caused with the central banking system, of course, and uh, and all the rest, I mean, in their own way. Uh, they've all done their own part and played a, a very damaging role to society. So it'll be very interesting to see. And of course, Mark Speakman, uh, he uh, supported the the voice. And of course, down in Victoria, John Prosciutto expelled uh, Moira Deeming from the Victorian Parliamentary Party Room because he wanted to run an inclusive party. So he needed to exclude her. Mm. Mm. And uh, Pele, a conservative Australian, is asking why isn't the Italian Prime Minister Georgia Maloney on this list? Well, a cuck has to be a white male and she's a female. She was nominated for the International Unshackler last year, but given that, well, she basically just gave up on border control and decided to go to that island where all those migrants were with the EU president, Ursula von der Leyen. I mean, she, yeah, she's been a huge failure and disappointment. Hmm. All right, let's keep going. Uh, so a, the cis white male of the year award. Uh, now, uh, first nominee, Peter Dutton. Nominations closed before Peter Dutton decided that uh, he wanted uh, to implement uh, all these hate speech laws. Uh, so... Hmm. He's certainly not going to win. Sam Newman, the host of the You Cannot Be Serious podcast, where Richard Wollstonecroft, the report from Tiger Mountain host, has become a regular panellist. Uh, he was, uh, Sam Newman, uh, labelled a, a racist for advocating that people boo the welcome to country at the AFL Grand Final, uh, which sadly didn't catch on. Probably everyone was too scared to. Uh, uh, scared of being booted out to, to miss the grand final. Uh, Malcolm Roberts, a One Nation senator. George Christensen, a former LNP member for Dawson, currently One Nation member and uh, Substack author at Nation First. Uh, Novak Djokovic, or Novaks, as he is now known, a, the defending Australian Open champion and US Open champion. Uh, he he, he's won, he, he won both Grand Slams the, the year after he was banned. So it just made him more hungry. He was not going to, to yield. And it was the Australian and US governments that blinked on uh, their VAX mandates. Uh, Jared Rennick, uh, the uh, Queensland LNP senator who lost pre-selection. So that's, well, it's sad we're going to lose him in the next federal election, but it shows that he was doing a too good a job uh, that uh, the pre-selectors mm. had to get rid of him. Uh, Matt Canavan, a, another LNP uh, senator uh, for uh, Queensland. Alex Antic, Liberal senator for South Australia. Uh, Irish uh, UFC champion and patriot, Conor McGregor, a first-time nominee as well. And uh, Angry Anderson, first-time nominee. Uh, being a, a a prominent no uh, 
advocate uh, for The Voice. Uh, there weren't too many in the arts and entertainment who came out against The Voice. The other was Kamal, uh, but he couldn't be nominated mm -hmm. because he's not cis white male. Uh, but also Angry Anderson. He's also uh, an actor uh, as well on Paulie Fennec shows, Fat Pizza Houses, and Daradon Council. And well, Rose Tattoo is a great Aussie band. So uh, don't play the John Farnham uh, songs anymore. Play the Rose Tattoo. Uh, we can't be beaten. And Angry Anderson's Bound for Glory. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Angry has always been a great uh, person. Um, he's always been a conservative. Um, a lot of people initially thought, well, oh, yeah, he would be a Labour guy, but it's not the case, actually. Like, I mean, he's really, he's old school, working class based, but definitely not in the, the form of the modern Labour Party. So uh, more of a conservative these days. And um, many other good candidates there, too. I mean, really, there, there is some decent politicians still around. I mean, they can only get with get away with so much, unfortunately. And they know that there is limits in what they can and can't do. And it's really sad that they're, they're, that they're able to do that. But they still have play a, a good role. And this is the thing, right? So they know exactly what's going on. They give hints and then they let the people like us do our research and then dig deeper and then figure it out for ourselves what's really going on. So even though these people here, a lot of people will say, yeah, but they're not mentioning this, they're not mentioning that. You have to really understand the dynamic here because these people have brought a lot of people that not normally are onto the fold in into our group. And those people have done their own research, got into more harder stuff, looked into, you know, people like Alex Jones and all that sort of stuff. And then they've been able to come up with those views that these politicians, the, the good ones, might even know is true, but they just know they can't get away with saying it. So they do play a role. But ultimately, we have to dig deeper to, and and basically do our own research and go further with it. And also, it's good to have like, a, a sportsman uh, stand up for his, his nation in, in Conor McGregor because the whole world knows who he is. And Ireland, like they're being invaded the, the fastest out of any of the European nations at the moment. I mean, it's only the Republic of Ireland only has about 5 million people in it. So uh, hmm. a million illegal migrants would drastically change the country. Well, it's most popular boy's name is Muhammad in the Republic of Ireland now. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, there's been a lot of issues there at, at this stage and there's people speaking out about it. Obviously, they're getting torn to shreds for it, but um that's one of those countries because it's so small it's going to be very easy to infiltrate so um that, that's the thing you know like people have to understand that it, it it only takes a couple of decisions for a country to completely change and you once it's changed it's not going to go back i mean it just can't unless something happens in the future where someone arises and then has to go through very extreme processes in making it go back. But that's the problem, right? Like once you change something, it's very hard to change it back. And they know this. They know this and that's why they do it. So we have to be resistant at this sort of change because it's not a good change. It's a bad change and it doesn't work. And it just completely destroys the country. I mean, the culture of the country, the heritage, everything. So... It's really important. I mean, people can bang on about colonialism, 
But at the end of the day, these same people that are against colonialism are destroying the Western countries in the same kind of mentality. So that's where we are right now. And we have to make sure that we don't end up turning these countries into shitholes. All right, let's move on to the next category, the triggered feminist of uh, the year. And of course, we have our uh, perennial uh, nominees, uh, such as uh, Van Badham and uh, Sarah Hansen-Young, uh, the Green Senator for South Australia, uh, last year's winner, Clementine Ford, uh, who uh, also has daddy issues, but amazingly has a male partner and a, a son, although she still can't help but uh, be a good maternal mother to a son. She, she, it's made her mellow a bit. Uh, Magda Shabansky, uh, who you remember last year, she was going to, she was asking people to collect uh, alleged anti-voice uh, misinformation uh, so that she could collect it for later uh, for some sort of dossier. Uh, Megan Markle, uh, Prince Harry's uh, wife, uh, and of course, uh, well, she doesn't look black at all, but she, you know, she cries uh, racism. She had the, the the podcast with Spotify, and they had the Netflix uh, series as well. Just, uh, yeah, just awful people. Uh, Lisa Wilkinson, uh, who's been off our TV screens for this year as she fights uh, Bruce Learman's uh, defamation case in the, the federal court, uh, which we should get a verdict on uh, very soon. And uh, first-time nominee has been, uh, well, uh, her interview subject, uh, Brittany Higgins, who accused Bruce Learman of raping her. I it was a a mistrial and but uh, I, there wasn't a retrial uh, because the or well, now disgraced uh, ACT uh, DPP Shane Drumgold uh, said it'd be too traumatic for her but she's been able to well uh, be, uh, testify at the federal court stand quite well a another nominee first time nominee Mean Girl uh, Katie Gallagher. Uh, who uh, she did admit that David Shiraz, uh, Brittany Higgins, now fiancé, did uh, tip her off uh, that the Brittany Higgins story was going to break. Uh, Louise Milligan, ABC Four Corners reporter, who uh, well, she won some journalism award uh, for accusing George Powell of being a pedophile, which was overturned uh, unanimously by the High Court. This year, her most uh, her, her, her big her big story for Four Corners was why isn't there any openly gay AFL male players? Which I mean, who cares? Like, and uh, speaking of uh, gay, uh, Patricia Carvellis, who's well, she's not she's the she's the golden feminist lesbian of the ABC, host of ABC Radio National. Now Q and A, she even got to guest host Insiders. Uh, one of our commenters, uh, Lady of Shalot, got retweeted uh, by Patricia Carvellis for uh, saying to her uh, on Twitter X, "I bet you're uh, coming out to your Greek family went down, but down like a Z." A Z Zed, Zed Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, that would have been a funny one. 
would have been a funny one to see. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of uh, terrible people. Uh, good choices for the list, that's for sure. I mean, I'm looking at the list and I'm thinking, surely Brittany Higgins, I mean, damage. I mean, she, she has to be definitely at the top of my radar, I think. Uh, certainly Patricia Carvalis for me, just because, and she was also terrible yeah. during COVID. Uh, she double masked on a plane and said it was romantic uh, with uh, her, uh, 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 that uh, uh, she and her wife, who looks like Eminem, rat tested each other every day. This pandemic just keeps uh, on giving. Like, I don't know, is that some sort of kinky lesbian thing for them? I never seen the wife, and I'm I'm gonna as soon as I finish the show, I'm gonna Google it. So, <laughs> yeah, look, look, yeah, looks like Eminem. Uh, so there, there's always uh, what people say with lesbian couples. Uh, there always seems to be one who looks like a woman and one who looks like a man. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so the Australian Culture Warrior of the Year award, and again, there's. Uh, a, a theme uh, with those who uh, were uh, who who were uh, vocal against the voice and also uh, against uh, the transgender agenda. Uh, so Mark Latham, who won it last year, uh, who resigned uh, from uh, One Nation, and he is currently being uh, sued by the Sydney Independent Alex Greenwich. Uh, for uh, replying uh, to Alex Greenwich a tweet which called him disgusting and Mark Latham said disgusting what about uh, putting uh, 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 putting a dick in a guy's ass and covering it in shit and uh, Pauline Hansen demanded he apologize for that which Mark Latham didn't because he doesn't apologize uh, Warren Mundine a prominent uh, camp indigenous campaigner against the voice more redeeming, who uh, she was, uh, uh, she was uh, smeared as uh, being a neo-Nazi uh, by, uh, or she's suing John Prosciutto uh, for that smear, the Liberal leader who uh, exp expelled her from the parliamentary party room. A Kiralee Smith, a, the a director of Binary Australia, who's fighting another intervention order against a prominent uh, trans woman YouTuber who plays soccer in uh, the Women's uh, New South Wales League. Augusto Zimmerman, uh, who is a legal scholar uh, from uh, Western Australia, originally from Brazil. Jacinta Price, a, the, a, the Country Liberal Party Senator for the Northern Territory, again, prominent no advocate, as was Anthony uh, Dillon, a academic uh, and author who I interviewed on Wilms Front. Uh, Gary Johns, uh, who is a ex-Labor, uh, a federal Labor MP uh, for Petrie in the 80s and 90s. Uh, now he is, well, very much a cultural conservative and was called a racist uh, for saying that uh, uh, if Aboriginal people want to find their voice, learn English, and there should be a blood test uh, to determine Aboriginality for welfare benefits. Mm. Uh, first time nominee, uh, Pastor Andrew Sedra of Echo Church. Uh, so he is against all of the uh, gender LGBT, LGBT agenda. 
He was called a vile homophobic pastor by the Daily Mail, which he wore as a badge of pride. And uh, Kobe Thatcher, a prominent Twitter X user who I who gained uh, most uh, gained uh, a lot of traction during uh, the FIFA Women's World Cup by saying, "I hope the woke Matildas lose." Yeah, again, I mean, there's some good options there. I, for me, though, I mean, someone like Latham that fails to disappoint. I mean, if you're getting basically demoted from one nation, a party like one nation, that really says a lot. And I mean, that that must mean that this guy really is like based as like, I mean, this is someone that uh, he gets demoted from a party that is on the, well, not really far right, but you know what I'm saying, like further right than the liberals. So, you know, it really highlights where he's at in his mind and the mentality, the ideology he has is really clear. And it's great to see, like, I mean, someone at his aid, of course, he just doesn't care anymore to follow these, these, these lines. He didn't lead One Nation to a successful result in the New South Wales state election. He tried to court the Indian Australian vote, which didn't translate to extra votes. Yeah, I mean, this is the problem. I mean, people keep on branching out to try and collect more and more votes, but the authenticity is where it's at. Authenticity means that that's where people start to respect you and when you get votes coming your way. Um, there's a, it's better to make sure that you cater to your base than to abandon base and try and collect new votes. And I mean, this is why the Liberal Party is in such a shambles, because rather than catering to its conservative base, it keeps on trying to go to the left to pick up more votes, whereas then people in the conservatives are then dropping their votes from the Liberal and they're losing a lot more votes that way than gaining them. So ultimately, people have to look at who are they representing and represent them genuinely. All right, we've got three more categories uh, to go. Uh, so I, there was no shortage of uh, well no, uh, nominees to choose from for the Degenerate of the Year Award. Uh, last year's winner, uh, Hunter Biden, son of President Joe Biden, uh, who well is well-known cocaine addict and also a sex addict as well. A, an, another uh, repeat nominee, uh, Dylan Mulvaney, who was known this year, uh, the trans uh, TikTok influencer for sinking uh, the sales of Bud Light, uh, who made Bud Light cans with is her face on them. Also, uh, first-time nominees, uh, Philip Schofield, former uh, ITV This Morning host, uh, resigned after it was revealed that he'd been having an affair uh, with the teenage uh, runner for the show, Matthew McGreevy. He, he, he got away with it for three years by coming out as gay uh, using the, the Kevin Spacey uh, uh, defense. I, I now choose to live as a gay man. Uh, Hugh Edwards, a former uh, BBC 10 o'clock newsreader who paid a crack addicted teenager 
£35,000 for explicit photos and, and videos, but is apparently still a national treasure because he's the only one who could tell the British people that the Queen had died because he was able to read an autocue well. Uh, Penny Wong, uh, the Foreign Minister of Australia, who is uh, marrying her longtime uh, female partner now. Uh, Yimmy Steins, of course, has written those uh, sexual education books aimed at children. Uh, welcome to sex, welcome to your boobs, welcome to your period, and welcome to consent. And uh, there is a former uh, WA Nationals MP, James Haywood. Uh, he was found guilty of child sex abuse and disqualified uh, from Parliament, uh, found guilty of four charges of indecently dealing with a girl uh, when she, uh, when, uh, between when she was six and eight. It was really horrific. I uh, you know what uh, what he was found guilty of of doing to her. Sam Smith, a musician who now goes by they them uh, pronouns, calls himself a uh, not a fisherman, a fisher they, and of course I uh, is a is fat, but decides to dress in skimpy outfits. There was that music video where he gets golden showered upon and perform that uh, this, that uh, song unholy at the Grammys in uh, uh, with a, a satanic uh, satanically dressed uh, dance troupe I Ruben K who uh, offended uh, Christians and Muslims uh, by by saying that he loved Jesus because uh, he got nailed for three days and came back for more and also uh, did an ABC show. Uh, talking about uh, uh, boys uh, wearing makeup, and of course David uh, Van, uh, the now independent uh, Victorian senator, kicked out of the Liberal Party by Peter Dutton uh, for alleged sexual harassment of Lydia Thorpe and uh, Amanda Stoker, former LNP Queensland senator, and also uh, was chatting up women on Instagram. And one of his uh, pictures was "Call Me Senator Sixpack." Yeah, there's another group of uh, individuals that are definitely catered for Degenerate of the Year award. I mean, personally, for me, I would have to go with the drag queen on the project because I think that was such a, a massive moment, and I remember the outrage that um, was going through people at the time when they saw that. And being a Christian myself, it was it was pretty pretty terrible um, on mainstream uh, TV, you know, 6.30, whenever it is that the project's on, 7 o'clock, um, for, for such a person to have come out with that. And even when there was a backlash, it seemed like the news networks weren't really taking it serious at the time. Um, but, I mean, yeah, there's there's uh, many other great candidates there too that, um, I mean, Yumi with her books, I mean, yeah, many candidates. What, what are your thoughts on it, Tim? Well, I cover a lot of British news uh, because we allowed a lot of British expats like Lady of Shalott and Dawn Browning, uh, who are fans of the show. The UK are never, sh are never uh, short, it seems, of degenerate politicians and uh, TV hosts. Uh, but uh, both Philip Schofield and Hugh Edwards, they claimed mental health and, oh, everyone, you know, lays off, even though their conduct's... Well, degenerate to say the least 
All right, let's go into uh, international uh, media uh, personality of the year. And this award category, there's uh, the only first-time nominee is uh, Elijah Schaefer, host of Slightly Offensive. Now, I living in Australia, married an Australian uh, woman and has an Australian son. Uh, so does his Slightly Offensive uh, program uh, from his... Uh, home at uh, Tweed Heads, uh, just south of Queensland, uh, Stu Peters, uh, Alex Jones, Tucker Carlson, Tim Paul, Paul Joseph Watson, Katie Hopkins, Russell Brand, uh, Luke Radowski of wearechange.org, and Candace Owens of The, the Daily Wire, who uh, Ben Shapiro, despite being the founder, uh, couldn't get her fired even though uh, she uh, went against uh, his, uh, well, uh, his uh, neocon uh, defense to the hilt of uh, Israel and wanting the US to fund endlessly whatever Israel does. Yeah, I think this is a standout award. I mean, there's so many great candidates here. I mean, when you're looking at um, what they've been able to contribute, um, and the content that they've provided to people. I mean, there's been normies that have basically come over because of these people. I mean, Candace Owens has done a lot in regards to feminism and exposing that um, conservative, other conservative issues. I mean, Russell Brand's done a lot on the vaccine and the COVID issue. What do you um, think? Of, do, uh, some people might say he should be in the degenerate category, not the international media personality. Yeah. I mean, I, I get the point. I mean, as a media person, I would say that he's pretty successful and he's definitely brought a lot of people that were previously left leaning over to the freedom hold and to embrace a lot more conservative ideals. So I think that he's done a good job in that. And I mean, Tucker, of course, uh, Stu Peters has done a remarkable job for many years now. And um, Alex Jones, like always, um, He's, he's done a good job too. And I would actually, for anyone interested, um, I would actually uh, get them to uh, look at the latest uh, interview that he's done with Brother Nathaniel. And that's very interesting and covers a lot of um, things that people have been mentioning in the comments. So, um, yeah, I mean, even, even that audience there and that commentator there has come a long way over the years. So um, people are starting to notice what's going on and people are getting there slowly and slowly. And we're starting to see, because of these commentators, these media personalities, they've brought so many people um, over and have woken so many people up. And that's why I think this category is so important. And uh, Tim Paul's Timcast, well, it's even bigger now than uh, CNN and MSNBC. And Luke Radowski of WeAreChange.org is uh, basically his permanent co-host now a uh, long time a uh, liber libertarian uh his memes are also excellent uh paul joseph watson he's got a new website modernity.news and he's also now a father to be at uh, age 40 so congratulations to him and also my favorite uh katie hopkins her uh vlogs are just hilarious and also her shows on uh, TNT radio are uh, also uh, excellent as well. She's also hilarious uh, with her uh, Silly Cow uh, tour. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting because uh, there's so many people. And I mean, again, these people might not go as far as you want them to, but they're doing enough to make people think. And that's what's really important. And as soon as start people be thinking, they, they start to do their own research again and they start to then go deeper down the rabbit hole, which is where we want people. We want people to really dig deep and find information and um and, and really go away as far as they can from the mainstream way of thought. So um they've done a re really good job in doing that. And our final uh, category, i.e. the 2023 uh, Fake News of the Year Award. And uh, so, well, we were just talking about uh, the project, how they hosted uh, the degenerate Ruben K. I mean, I can't believe it's still on the air. I mean, it hardly rates. Mm -hmm. uh, the New Zealand version uh, got axed, uh, which is lucky for them, but we're still stuck with it. Uh, CNN, I, which uh, used to be a news channel, but now is just trumped a arrangement network. Also, hardly anyone watches. Seven News, oh, they are still uh, the worst when it comes to uh, COVID hysteria, still pushing it. ABC News, well, uh, during the voice referendum, it was pretty much a 24-7 yeah, pro-voice. Uh, nine News, and also, well, they're called the Nine Newspapers now, but a lot of us still call it the Fairfax Papers, The Age and Sydney Morning Herald. I mean, uh, Nick McKenzie, obviously, uh, back in 2022, uh, did uh, uh, did that uh, uh, hit piece on uh, the NSN through that uh, uh, those secret, uh, sneaky secret recordings. Uh, the Guardian, news.com.au, which is News Corp, uh, so also owns Sky News. Crikey, uh, whose uh, uh, worst reporter is Cam Wilson, basically an Antifa uh, fellow traveller. New Daily, uh, which is uh, funded by, partly funded by industry super funds. And SBS News uh, uh, promotes the globalist agenda and also runs the National Indigenous uh, TV service. Yeah, there's a lot of good propaganda networks there. So it's it's going to be hard to pick from because they're all as bad as each other. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, normally the ABC fares pretty well and um, CNN has done well too in, in the years, um, Guardian, of course. So it's, it's going to be hard to pick from, but um, ultimately it just, it could be one or the other. It's really hard to pick from. It's... Um, it's a mixed bag on this award, really. Yeah, no, no clear standouts. <laughs> All worthy nominees. Uh, well, thank you, Damien, for joining me tonight and helping to, well, uh, get uh, Unshackled Productions going for uh, 2024. You'll, of course, put out a video on Australia Day announcing the winners as per tradition. And as we mentioned, uh, there's uh, both the US presidential election and UK general election. We've got the Queensland, ACT, and Northern Territory state election. And of course, you're more than welcome to join us uh, for Unshackled Live coverage, uh, which we'll certainly be doing for the US, UK, and certainly for at least the Queensland uh, state election. Yeah, there's a lot to look forward to, and hopefully uh, those elections go our way. And 
I'll be looking forward to present the awards on Australia Day and thanks to all the people that have listened in tonight and that have commented and hope to catch up with you guys soon. Yes, and as I said, uh, they, they, our audience loves you. Uh, fairly conservative, why isn't Damien uh, uh, a co-host? Uh, but as I said, we'll certainly be speaking more with Damien uh, throughout the year. So uh, take care. I mean, <laughs> I know that we'll all be watched now with these uh, new laws. Uh, so make sure you, you stay safe. Yeah, well, that, that's it. I mean, we have to be very careful, but <laughs> um, the, the, that's why that's why we have to. I mean, I, I try and allude what I'm trying to say to my to the commenters there, in the, and they know what I'm talking about. But I have to be really careful. I don't want to be going to jail, right? So <laughs> yeah, don't catch the bus. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, take care. All right, thanks, Mark. All right, everybody, that brings us uh, to the end of the first Wilms front for 2024. And the good news is that uh, Wilms front uh, will be back uh, same time next Sunday, uh, 9 p.m. Melbourne time, where my guest will be uh, Ben Shand, uh, who formerly was the Dusty Bogan, but now his channel goes by the name the Bogan Christian Lobby. He has been spearheading the Australia Month campaign, which I will talk about more tomorrow on Tim's News Explosion. Uh, because rather than be on the defense about Australia Day, why not be on the offense, given that January 1 is Federation Day uh, in 1901? Have the whole month Australia Month. After all, there's a whole month for LGBT uh, pride. I, he was on a, a, a Dusty Bogan was on Elijah Schaefer's slightly offensive uh, live stream on Saturday. Uh, so it's the episode after uh, the, the the great debate uh, that uh, Elijah hosted with Gavin McGuinness and Co. Uh, so yes, Tim's News Explosion is still Mondays 9 p.m. Uh, so uh, make sure uh, that you click the bell to allow for notifications on the Wilmsfront channels. Make sure you also, for all videos, give a, a like and comment below because it all helps with the, the algorithm. I will be announcing the winners on Australia Day, Wolfman's uh, blunt brazer. Uh, so yeah, Wilmsfront started on, on Sundays uh, last year. It used to be on Thursdays, but th that's now the Joel, Blair and Tom night and i'm certainly not going to uh, uh live stream at the same time as as them because i want to watch them as well uh some good news is that i was able to get a better deal on a the server uh for the unshackled.net uh so i will be able to uh keep publishing new content on the unshackled.net i was able to get a Get, get a really good deal. I got out of a terrible deal. Uh, but uh, if you want to help with our operating expenses, uh, please support the Unshackled at the unshackled.net slash membership. Uh, so we have bronze for $5 per month, silver for $10 per month, gold $25 per month, platinum $50 per month, or you can send off a one-off do one donation to the unshackled.net slash donate and you can also save on memberships uh, by purchasing yearly as well 
Uh, so please consider uh, supporting us. I know that cost of living is tight at the moment. And of course, with inflation, our operating expenses uh, continue uh, to, you keep saying that paleo conservative Australian you need to sign up, go ahead and do it. Uh, do it now uh, while you're while you're on the show. I need to be more a bit more Avi, who is constantly asking for for money. He's what is he needs money because some uh, uh, some person is suing him. I who has the same name as a dead Palestinian uh, terrorist. Uh, so he's asking for legal funds uh, for that. Oh, well, certainly, I, if I have more resources, uh, then I'd increase my reach as well. Now, uh, I will see you all uh, tomorrow night. Uh, now, uh, the theorists uh, with Andy Nolch uh, won't resume until February, as uh, will my weekly appearances on Reality Check Radio's breakfast program with Paul, Renner, Paul Brennan. Uh, which I, I give his New Zealand audience an update on what has been happening in Australia. I'll be recording a fresh report from uh, Tiger Mountain episodes uh, with Richard Wollstonecroft later this week. And uh, make sure uh, that you uh, tune in if you uh, if you don't already to Sam Newman's "You Cannot Be Serious" podcast. Uh, if you uh, if you want to hear uh, more of Richard, because he is now a regular panelist there, uh, he impressed Sam so much when he went in to promote Muff, the Melbourne Underground Film Festival, that Sam decided he'd be a regular panelist uh, since uh, Don Scott decided to uh, as. Uh, quit uh, because uh, uh, he didn't he didn't want to be associated with uh, Sam's uh, anti uh, welcome to country uh, views. So he decided to uh, be a sook and 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 quit. I mean, he's basically uh, Don Scott. If you listen to it, I mean, it was basically he's at Joe Biden levels of senility now. Sam Newman was always very impatient uh, with Don, always being slow, not speaking into the microphone, uh, eating biscuits on air. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there's these. He's still got plenty of plenty of friends. Uh, uh, Sam Newman on his "You Cannot Be Serious" podcast. It's always a who. Sam Newman. Well, he's not an official AFL legend because the AFL has to make you a legend, but he's an AFL icon. Uh, that's for sure, and one of uh, a the one of the the last Australian uh, Australian uh, sports personalities who's anti politically correct, anti anti woke. And uh, now I am still uh, sending out the unshackled email. So make sure if you haven't uh, joined uh, the email uh, list. I think that I've mentioned everything now. So I'll see you all tomorrow night. There'll be so much to cover, uh, beginning with, well, as I said, Australia Month, I, uh, that uh, uh, terrorist car bombing attack on uh, Tim Lutz, who operates the NSN gym in sunshine just before Christmas. So Victoria police haven't hunted down uh, the uh, terrorists who did that to his pregnant wife's car yet. We'll also have a UK-US uh, report as well because there's been a lot going on, uh, a lot uh, that is good, uh, very positive developments and some which we certainly keep, uh, keep, keep an eye on. So... 
We shall see what 2024 brings, but it's going to be a wild year. Certainly has already been. And as I said to Damien, uh, we've all got to watch ourselves now because there's those uh, new laws that have have passed. And certainly, I they'll be they'll they'll certainly uh, be looking to make an example of somebody. And uh, now, Australia Day. I, I will be celebrating at uh, the Doncaster Bowling Club. So I, uh, uh, Richard Wollstonecroft's mate, Damien uh, Richardson, who of course ran for the, the Senate, is uh, promoting this. So Damien was recently on Sam Newman's podcast uh, as, as well. Remember, because the Melbourne CBD is basically a no-go zone with Invasion Day protesters now. Uh, so it's uh, $25 for a ticket uh so i uh, i will certainly uh be going andy nolch is going as well so there'll be a lot of familiar uh faces uh so i think you can uh, so the try booking link i think you can do uh credit card or or paypal uh so i'd all like to to see you there i'll promote it tomorrow night as as well uh but certainly that is where I'm going to be, and certainly I, I would invite all of you to come along as well. So good night, everybody, and I'll see you all tomorrow night. Uh, stay safe and take care. Thanks for tuning in to Wilmsfront. Visit timwilms.com to view the archive of episodes, and keep visiting theunshackled.net to view all our shows, and to keep up with the latest real news and analysis. 